I first of all want to thank God for the opportunity and the blessing to be able to stand here this evening and to be blessed for the residents here at the apartment complex here to allow us to come into their environment and set up this meeting and to share God's word as part of our mission as what we are charged to do according to the word of God to go out into the world into all the world not just some of the world but into all of the world and we thank God for allowing us to come here and we hope and pray that this adventure will be what God would have it to be that some soul will hear the word of God and will make up in their mind that they are ready for a transformation in their lives. We're hoping and praying. That's a whole purpose of why we're here. Not for any entertainment, not for any showmanship, not to make an impression other than to present the Word of God and to help people to understand there is a great day coming very soon, sooner than many of us believe, and it's called judgment. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27 says, For as it is appointed unto man once to die, after death, the judgment. There shall be a judgment, and the purpose of that judgment is to make it clear to us. God already knows what we've done with His time and with our lives. But to make a point to us what we did with our time. Whether we used it to glorify Him and serve Him, or whether we were selfish and only looked at ourselves and did what we wanted to do. So it is our prayer that somebody will hear something from the Word of God. I don't want you to get caught up in the messenger. I don't have a heaven or a hell to put anybody in. I want you to hear what the Word of God has to say. And I hope and pray that when you hear what the Word of God has to say, you will make up in your mind that you are ready for something better in this life than what you've been involved in. Jesus said in John chapter 8, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So the only way you're going to find freedom in this life, the only way you're going to escape from the heartaches, the troubles, and the pain that will not be able to not be able to overtake you in this life, you are going to have to be set free through the truth. And what I mean by that is, Jesus said you should know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Jesus needs for you to know and to understand that through Him all things are possible. Philippians 4.13, Jesus said, the well, the Bible said, Paul said, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. So in other words, when you hear the truth, when you obey it, and you surrender your life to Jesus, you know that through Christ, no matter how troubling the storm may be in your life, Jesus can say, peace, be still. I don't care how heavy the heartache may be. You may even cry a few tears, but the Word of God said, weeping may endure for the night. But joy... Cometh in the morning. I don't care what you go through in this life. There's nothing Jesus can't see you through. So if you will accept the truth. If you will obey the truth. You have an avenue of escape. Other 
other than drugs, other than violence, other than drinking, other than fighting, other than everything else, pill popping and dope smoking and everything else. You have an escape to true happiness and it's found only in Jesus Christ. That is why we hope and pray. Something you hear from the word of God. See, preachers sometimes like to make it appear like they have some special power. Some preachers like to lead you to believe that they are the ones who have all the blessings. Let me tell you something. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Let me say that again. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. It ain't about me. It ain't about any other man. It's about Jesus. And as long as this world exists, Jesus will always be the way, the truth, and the life. Is that all right, church? In John chapter 14, beginning at verse 1, the Bible says, Let not your heart be troubled. This is Jesus speaking. You believe in God, Believe also in me. Now I want you to stop and think about that verse for a moment. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. Why would Jesus say to his disciples, let not your heart be troubled? Because in this life there are troubles. In this life there are troubles. And let me tell you, even when Jesus walked the earth and was with his disciples, guess what? There were troubles. Now, if there were troubles in people's lives when Jesus walked this earth, what do you think is in this world now that he's up in heaven? Somebody said, man born of a woman for but a few days. But what? But full of trouble. But Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. Well, Jesus... If I know and if you know this life holds many troubles, why would you tell me to let not my heart be troubled? Because Jesus wants us to know because I have overcome. Whatever it is you may face in your life, I have overcome. Jesus overcame the grave. He overcame death. He took the sting out of death. Yeah. The grave couldn't shut him down because he got up on the third day. Right. Yeah. Jesus need for us to know. Jesus need for you to know. Jesus need for everybody who can hear my voice to know. He is the way, right. the truth, and the life. Right. He said, let not your heart be troubled. Why not? If you believe in God, you need to also Believe in me. Why should you believe in Jesus? Well, I'm going to tell you why you should believe in Jesus. It was God the Father himself who said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. It was Jesus who took those three disciples, Peter, James, and John, up on that mountain. And they behold the transfiguration of Jesus and the glory of the Father came down upon the Son. And it was Peter, James, and John who witnessed this. And it was Peter who became so excited 
that he said, Lord, it is good for us to be here. I can only imagine it was. When you look back in in Bible history and you know Moses had died. When you look back in Bible history and you knew Elijah had died. And now all of a sudden, you behold up in a cloud, there's Moses and there's Elijah talking to Jesus. I would say it was a good thing for them to be there. But Peter said, let us be of three tabernacles. One for Moses, one for Elijah, and one for Jesus. And God the Father said, no, no, no. No. This is my beloved son. Yeah, come on. In whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. So this is why you need to listen to Jesus because God has put his stamp of approval on Jesus and given him all power. Jesus said in Matthew 28, verse 18, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Well, if Jesus has all power in heaven and earth, I think we need to run with the man who has it all. That's right. That's right. I can't do anything for you, but Jesus can. Come on now, you ought to tell the truth. He's the way, the truth, and the lie. So we need to recognize the authority of Jesus. And Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. He said, in my father's house are many mansions. In my father's house are many mansions. Think about that for a moment. In my father's house are many mansions. I can't think of a better architect than to have Jesus himself. I don't, I, don't, I don't know if there'll be a need for plumbing, but I know the plumbing would be right. Brother Peter, I don't know if there'll be a need for a carpenter, but I know everything would be right. We get excited about vaulted ceilings. We get excited about popcorn ceilings and all this other design and everything in the house. Let me tell you something. Jesus said, I am designing these houses. Listen to what the Bible says. In my father's house of many mansions, if it were not so, I would have told you. So in other words, you can bank on this. That's right. Jesus don't play games like people. That's right. Jesus don't mislead people like we mislead each other. Right. Right now. Jesus said, if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Yeah. Wait a minute now. I go to prepare a place for you. But I, 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 I love, I like what I got down here. Let me tell you, you don't understand. What you have down here is nothing in comparison to what Jesus has designed. You miss, you're being misled. And one day all of this is going to burn up anyway. That's right. That's right. Listen to what he goes on to say. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, 
there you may be also. Let me tell you something. He just said a whole lot right there. He just said, and if I go, and we know he did go. Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1 outlines that Jesus, he ascended up in the clouds and as some of the apostles were standing there, beholding him ascending up into the clouds, angels appeared unto them and said, why stand ye gazing up into the heavens? The same Jesus you see going up, He's coming back one day. The Bible says He's coming back one day not to build anything down on this earth because He's already made it clear He's going to build something better for us in heaven. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come Again, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, the Bible says, Jesus understands that we go through trouble. We have problems in this life. But the Apostle Paul writes in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, to those of you who are troubled, rest with us. He said, rest with us. Because something grand is about to happen and it's coming sooner than you think. Jesus, Jesus, He's coming back one day with His angels in flaming fire taking vengeance on them that know not God and obey not the gospel. Did you hear what I said? He said, rest with us. Rest with us because one day all of these troubles are going to be over with. One day all of the problems, the persecution, the lying, the backstabbing, all of it is going to be over with. He said, rest with us. Because Jesus is coming back. And He's coming back with a vengeance. Why would Jesus come back with a vengeance? I'll tell you why He's coming back with a vengeance. John 3.16, the Bible said, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but should have Everlasting life. So for us who are sinners, who were sinners, who can't make up their mind whether to be saints or sinners. For all of us who just trying to make up their mind and who won't deny themselves and who just don't care, the Bible says God is going to send Jesus back. After all that God has done, He gave His best. It doesn't get any better than Jesus. You can't offer a better sacrifice than Jesus. And God so loved the world, He gave Jesus that even while we were yet sinners, He died for us. He hung on the cross. He even hung on the cross and and called out to His Father and said, Father, forgive Him. For they know not what they do. You are with me. Jesus is coming back with a vengeance because God gave His best and people have turned their back to misuse, mistreat, ignore, and abuse the privilege of what was given as a gift of salvation and turn their back on the gift. Now, if that's our appreciation 
for the gift that God gave, God said, I'm going to show you mine. My might. I'm going to show you what I think. I'm going to show you how I feel. And the Bible said, he's going to send Jesus back. Listen to what Jesus said. Jesus said, no man know the day or the hour. He said, I don't even know. Only my Father, which is in heaven, knows this information. So while Jesus pleads for us, while Jesus calls for us, while Jesus tries to get our attention, while Jesus tries to help us day to day, one day it's going to all come to an end. The Bible says God is going to tell Jesus, go get my church. Go get my children. Yeah. Well, who is he coming back for? Is he coming back for the good and the evil? Oh, no, 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 no. First Corinthians chapter 15, the Bible teaches us that he's coming back for his church. Yeah. He's coming back for his church. Yeah. In other words, he's coming back for those who have obeyed and believed in him, endured to the end, and who have seen that heaven is worth whatever you got to go through in this life. People may have lied on you. People may have laughed at you because you didn't want to participate and carry on and act a fool like they are doing. Heaven is worth it. People may have wanted you to go places you know you shouldn't be going. People may have wanted to bamboozle you or to mistreat somebody else, rob or steal from somebody else, and you wouldn't do it. So they belittled you. They made fun of you. They isolated you. They blackballed you. But you know what? Heaven is worth it. Because one day, Jesus is coming back for His church. Ephesians chapter 4 and 4. The Bible said there's one body. And that body simply means... A group of believers. Believing the gospel. Faithful. Willing to deny themselves. Willing to hold up the bloodstained banner of Jesus. And willing to put aside the cares and the the lusts of this world. As John put it, John said, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For all that is in this world, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. But you know what that John said about that? These are not of God. So, if you find yourself in love with something that are not of God, that is not of God, you're on the wrong track. He's coming back. He's coming back for his church. He's coming back for those without spot. Yeah. Or blemish. Yeah. James put it this way. He said, pure religion is this. To remain spotless or to be unspotted regarding what is going on around you in this life. What do you mean unspotted? Don't 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 be out here fornicating. God put sex in marriage. Uh oh. Should I be saying that out here? God put sex in marriage. You know, sex is one of the only dual, double-edged things where God smiles and agrees and sanctions about it in marriage, but He'll send you to hell about it outside of marriage. Amen. 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 Well, I better leave that alone. 
Some of you are looking nervous when I talk about that. He's coming back. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. I will come again. I will come again. He can't lie. He's coming back again. He's coming back again. And he said, and receive you unto myself. Yeah. Well, let's look at something. Jesus was the sinless sacrifice God chose to deliver man. Am I right? God, thank you, God needed a, a, a perfect sacrifice. Yeah. And he looked to his son Jesus, and there he was. The Bible teaches us in Philippians chapter 2 that Jesus humbled himself and took upon him the form of a man in the flesh and came came down to this world and lived as a man. But even as he lived as a man, he did not sin. Did you hear me? He he did not sin. So God chose a perfect sacrifice to reconcile sinful men like me and you back unto him. Now, if God used a sacrifice like Jesus to deliver mankind, to have man to be able to be reconciled back unto him, there was a need for something to occur that the sinful man could approach the Holy God. You all with me? Sinful, dirty, nasty man couldn't just go unto God because God can't dwell where sin is. Preacher, how do you know that? Because God departed from His only Son when He hung on the cross. And it wasn't that Jesus had done any sinning. He bore the sins of man. And because he bore the sins of man, God had to depart from his presence. And that's why Jesus cried out when he hung on the cross, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Because God cannot dwell where sin is. Well, if God can't dwell where sin is, how is man, how are you, how am I going to be able to approach a holy God? We need Jesus. We need somebody with some cleansing power. Something stronger than Ajax. Something more powerful than Simple Green. Something far stronger than Clorox. We need something that can get deep down Scrub clean these old ugly sins that we have. Oh, somebody else say, man, Amen. sitting up here like you ain't never done anything wrong in your life. We need somebody who can clear the way for us. And the only one who can do that is Jesus. That's why the Word of God said, Jesus declared, I am the way. I am the way. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. In other words, you can't approach God 
except you come through me because it's my blood that has to cleanse you that you may be presented holy and acceptable unto God. Yeah. Yeah. Is that alright? Right. Y'all might not know that, but I'm just about done. And I'm having a good time. I'm tempted to go into overdrive. But I don't want folks to say, that joker don't know when to sit down and shut up. I go to prepare a place for you. I will come again and receive you unto myself. So in order for Jesus to receive you unto himself, and in order for us to get to the Father where our new home is, there has to be some cleaning up. Yes, Anybody ever move from a house or an apartment? What do they do when you move out? They clean it up before the next people move in, right? They, they shampoo. They paint. They clean it up. They sanitize and do all kinds of things because guess what? You don't know what no other folks had before you. But see, God understands our problem. And our problem is a sin problem. And that's why Jesus said, no man can come unto God, unto the Father, but by me. Jesus recognized that you can't come in your present condition. Something needs to occur. You need some cleansing. You need some justifying. You need some washing. You need redemption. Man. And let me tell you, everything I just said is found in Jesus. Man. Paul wrote, Paul said, For ye are justified, you are sanctified, you are washed, you are redeemed through the blood of Jesus Christ, Man. who makes it possible for us to be able to present ourselves holy and acceptable before God. Man. Romans 12 Verse 1 and 2. Paul writes, he said, I beseech you, brethren, I beg you that you present your body as a living sacrifice. Yeah. God ain't interested in sprinkling animal blood anymore. That was under the Old Testament. Yeah. Yeah. God is interested in living sacrifices. Amen. God is interested in moving, human, walking, talking, serving sacrifices. Right. Yeah. I beg brethren by the mercies of God Romans 12 and 1 that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto God which is your reasonable service now you may be sitting out here or you may be listening on the sideline or you may be listening back here you may say how do you do that you're always hearing preachers talking about what they need to do what I need to do well I want to give you some help I'm not just telling you what you need to do. I want to help you by telling you what the Bible said how to do. Romans 12 and 2. The Bible said, And be ye, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let me say that again. And be not conformed to this world, what what do you mean the world? Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life, 
Yeah. Anything that would get you in trouble, don't be conformed to it. That's right. Anything that fulfills you to do wrong against God, don't be conformed to it. Stop lying. Stop stealing. Is that all right? And be not conformed to the world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable, perfect will of God. So you can't say, well, the preacher's always talking about what I need to stop doing, but how do I stop doing it? Clean up your mind. Clean up your mind. Change the way you think. Renew the things that you're thinking about. Philippians chapter 4, the Bible teaches us to think on these things. Things that are just. Things that are pure. Things of virtue. In other words, you can't be sitting there watching HBO and Cinemax and watching people having sex and pornography and talking about praise the Lord. Amen, Amen, Jesus. Because what go into your mind, you're going to process it and if you hang on to it long enough, you're going to act out on what you bring in. That's That's it. The Bible says a man thinking. That's who he is. That's right. That's right. You sit back, you watch the news, you say, How can a man rape a little baby? You know what? You watch enough pornography and men messing with little children, that's easy for them. Because you take enough in, sooner or later the video ain't gonna satisfy you no more. You need to touch some real flesh. Yeah. And you say, how can a man do that? Easy. When you are absent with the word of God in your heart, you'll do anything. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed, how? By the renewing. Yeah. What does it mean renew? It means change the way you're thinking. Amen. The stuff I used to just ingest and, and, and just consume myself with that was not bringing me closer in a relationship with coming to know who God is or building me stronger in my relationship with God, I need to change. Amen. Amen. Some of this music we listen to bump and grind sets you up till the cops come call. All this other stuff, moaning and groaning and everything, and then you want to turn around and talk about how good God is. No, we need to renew our minds that we may prove what is that good and acceptable, perfect will of God. That's if we want to please God. That's right. That's if we don't want vengeance to be let loose against us. That's right. Folks, I'm gonna bring this to an end this evening. Right. And we'll continue tomorrow night if the Lord says so. That's right. But let me finish this. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go 
prepare a place. I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there ye may be also. Yeah. Yeah. You want to be with Jesus? Right. You can be with Jesus. The Bible said, God's commandments are not grievous. Romans 12 and 1 said, presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, is a reasonable service that we should render. So God has not required or is not requiring anything of us that we can't do. Because Philippians 4.13, go back to that, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Jesus said that where I am, that you may be also. How do you, how do you make sure that you could be with Him? Well, the Bible says make your calling and election sure. So in other words, there are some things we must do in order to be sure that we've done the things correctly. And it's very simple. Some preachers like to make the topic of salvation so difficult. But let me tell you how simple it is to be saved according to what the Bible teaches. First of all, you need to acknowledge that Jesus has all power. Yeah. He is the final authority on all matters. Because He said in Matthew 28, 18, all power, all power yeah. is given unto me. In heaven, and earth. You can't bypass Jesus and call on the Father because Jesus said no man can go unto the Father except by me. So there are no bypasses. You got to deal with Jesus. But Jesus didn't make it hard, folks. Listen to what He said in Mark 16, 16. Jesus said, He that believeth, He that believeth, what do you mean believeth? He that accepts and are willing to take what I have spoken, let it become final. He that believeth, and if you're willing to walk according to what you believe, not by what you see. In other words, we walk by faith, not by sight. Because without faith, Hebrews 11 and 6, we can't please God. If I'm willing to accept Jesus as the authority, the only authority, the final authority on all matters, you're on the right road. Because coming to Him and believing Him is going to provoke you to obey Him. And what he commands in Mark 16, 16, he said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. You say, well, what does baptism have to do with it? I'm glad you asked. I'm glad you were interested enough to ask, what does baptism have to do with this? Some preachers say you can pray the sinner's prayer and you're saved. Some years ago, got down on a thing called a mourner's bench. And they prayed and prayed and they said, Jesus, 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 Jesus. 
Psalm said, you know, I had this feeling to come over me in the middle of the night. My heart was heavy and I was just troubled. And then all of a sudden, this calmness just came over me. You know what? I don't argue and debate with folks about whatever experience they had. But my question to anybody concerning being saved is, where is it in the Bible? All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's profitable for reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness that the man of God may be thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Wouldn't salvation be involved in good works? You may have some traumatic experience you want to share about believing you felt you got saved. But all I'm saying is it needs to be authorized by Jesus. And if Jesus didn't tell you to pray a sinner's prayer, a sinner's prayer can't save you. If Jesus didn't talk about some feeling you had in the middle of the night or you were sleeping, you saw a light or you had some out-of-the-body experience, if Jesus didn't stamp it and approve it, you may need to check that out. If Jesus never mentioned the mourner's bench, how in the world can the mourner's bench save you? And if you got saved at the mourner's bench, why was the mourner's bench removed? Why would, he, why would Jesus use something for a while and then stop using it? I'm just saying, open the Bible, check for yourself. But what Jesus did say, He said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Why is baptism so important? Because Jesus commanded it. In Acts chapter 2, On the day of Pentecost, over 3,000 souls were baptized. One day, one day, because he heard the commandment that Peter gave, being inspired by God, the Holy Spirit, Acts 2.38, he told those Jews, repent and be baptized, every one of you. In the name of Jesus Christ, or by the authority of Jesus Christ, why? For the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Those people believed what Peter said because they understood Peter's authority came by way of God. And the Bible says in Acts chapter 2, they that gladly received the word were baptized and added to the church daily such as should be saved. Did you hear me? They were baptized. They weren't taken to the mourner's bench. They weren't led in a sinner's prayer. They weren't taken back to a back room and voted on. They didn't ask for your W-2 and ask how much money you make. The Bible said, "Be that gladly." So, in other words, there was some teaching going on. They understood the teaching, and when they understood the teaching, they got excited and they were happy and they were glad to receive the baptism. 
Ain't no need in getting mad at God because you haven't done it the right way. Right now. You should thank God. Yeah. And just maybe somebody have heard something this evening. Yeah. To make them wonder. To make them examine. To make them want to study this thing a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. To make them say, preacher, I want to talk to you some more about this thing about baptism. Alright. Because when I was a little child, I was at this tent meeting. I was at this revival when I was a little boy, a little girl. And I went down front and that preacher laid his hand on my head and he pushed me and I fell, he caught me and they told me I had the Holy Ghost. That ain't what Acts chapter 2 and 38 said. It said you will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost after you are baptized. It don't say anything about anybody pushing and tell, tell me this, tell me this. Why is it when you look at TV, these preacher push folks, why somebody got to catch them? <laughs> if it's of God, they ought to be able to have the power to just lay them down. That's right. That's right. Something to think about. I understand you may have been sincere when you were a little child. You wanted to please mama. You wanted to please grandmama. You wanted to please granddaddy. Or maybe you wanted to please dad. All I'm saying is, make sure Jesus authorized. Make sure you can open the Bible. And when you stand in judgment one day, you can stand before the Lord and say, I did what you told me to do according to what I read in your word. Now we can already we can already strike out some things. Right. You don't want to go. You don't want to die and go to judgment and stand before Jesus and say, "I went to the mourners' bench." What did Jesus ask you? Where is that in the Bible? John twelve forty seven. The Word of God said, "These same words are going to judge us." Yeah. So if you're saying I got saved according to something your preacher said, but not what Jesus authorized, there's going to be some trouble. Well, I got saved because it pleased my mama. And my mama and grandmama wanted me to go down front. Let me tell you something. That's an admirable thing. And I can understand why a child would do that because they want to please their mama or their grandmama. But let me tell you something. You're older now. You're older now. And when you learn better, you ought to do better. Your mama or your grandmama didn't go to Calvary. That's right. Your mama or your granddaddy didn't hang on a cross. Yeah. When it comes to pleasing God, you need to do it to please God and not anybody else. Yeah. You need to check that thing out. Yeah. Why were you baptized? Right. Acts 2.38 said it's for the remission of sin. Yeah. It's to clean you up yeah. that you may be presented unto God. Yeah. Right? That's right. 
It's for the remission of sin. 1 Peter 3 and 21. It said a light figure wherein to baptism doth also now save us. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh. Baptism ain't a, 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 a physical bath. It ain't for you to get some soap and water or it wash you clean on the outside. All right, come on now. Not to put in the way of the filth of the flesh, but it's to bring about an answer of a good conscience toward God. In other words, you commanded it, I obeyed it, I did it, and I could be at peace with you. Amen. That's a good conscience toward God. Yeah. That's why baptism is important. Amen. Jesus was baptized not because he was a sinner, Amen. but as an example for us Amen. that we may believe. Because yeah. Jesus understood there would be those who would say, well, if baptism is so important, why wasn't Jesus baptized? On, he man. won't. Right. Right. Now what? What's your next question? Huh? The light figure wanted to baptize, baptism does also now save us. Yeah. Not the putting away of the fifth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience. Do you have a good conscience based on what you heard this evening? Right now. Do you have a good conscience based upon what you have heard from the Word of God this evening? Are you sitting there saying to yourself, Man, there are some things I need to get right. Praise God. I'm glad you have the mind and you, you love God enough to recognize there are some things you need to get right. Yeah. Before it's everlasting and eternally too late. Yeah. Because one day, He's not going to wake you up. That's right. One day, death is going to drive up and greet you. And I don't care what you're doing. You might be cooking. You might be cleaning. You might be driving down the highway. You might be in the grocery store. But death is going to find you. Yeah, yeah. And you're going to answer. Yeah. If you ain't never been on time for anything else, you're going to be on time when you die. Amen. Amen. That's why the word of God said, be ye ready. Yeah, right. Be ye ready. Yeah. Are you ready tonight? Right. Or do you want to leave here and play with God? You want to walk away from this tent tonight and say to yourself, it won't happen to me tonight. Maybe somebody else, but not me. Come on you know what? That's what that man said about he's, he was going to get saved at 11, but he died at 1045. And the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Man. You don't get to heaven on good intentions. Man. You get to heaven through obedience. Amen. And if you don't do it the way Jesus said do it, you can't get to God. Right, Jesus said, I am the way. Yeah. I am the way. Yeah. Tomorrow night we're going to talk about He is the truth. Right. He is the truth. Right. A lot of people don't want to hear the truth these days. Yeah. Man, the truth can make people mad. Yeah. People shoot you about the truth. Right. People won't pay you your money back because of the truth. Right. People will lie on you because of the truth. Yeah. But we're going to talk about Jesus being the truth tomorrow. Right. Because we need to understand without the truth we can't be set free. Right. 
We're going to live a life of enslavement until we die as long as we are separated from Jesus. Because Jesus said, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. And that's why he says right here in John 14, I am the truth. Not a truth of other truth, but I am the truth. That simply meaning there's only one truth. And if Jesus didn't say it, it got to be a lie. Is that alright? I pray tonight that you will accept Jesus as your Savior tonight. So preacher, what do you mean accept accept Jesus as your Savior? I pray tonight that you will come forward. In a moment, we're going to stand and sing what we call an invitation song. We're going to sing to encourage you. We're going to sing to provoke you. We're going to sing that God will allow you the time to move from your seat and come and make a confession that you believe Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. And after you make that confession, wait a minute, preacher, you said something about baptism. We're going to load you up and take you down the road. And we're going to baptize you. Tonight. Not the first Sunday. Not the second Sunday. Not the third Sunday. But tonight. Today you hear His voice. Harden not your heart. Because today is the day of salvation. This is your day because later tonight ain't promised to bring you life. We're going to sing and we're going to pray that you will surrender your life to Jesus by surrendering your will to be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit for the remission of your sins. That's how you become a Christian according to what the Bible teaches. You're humble enough. If you care enough, we welcome you to come while together we stand and sing the invitation song. Give not to temptation.